January 11, 2021, Big Cat Public Safety Act reintroduced as H.R. 263. The Big Cat Public Safety Act, H.R. 263, was reintroduced in the House by Representative Mike Quickly, who said, quote, animals like tigers, lions, leopards, and pumas simply do not belong in private ownership. Not only does it place the public, including all law enforcement and first responders, in grave danger, it often results in these animals living in miserable conditions. After passing the House of Representatives last year with strong bipartisan support, I look forward to the Big Cat Public Safety Act advancing quickly and hopefully being signed into law this year. It's long past time that we act to protect the public and ensure big cats are treated humanely, unquote. This is the first time that the House version has been introduced with so much bipartisan support and the first time it's been so early in the two-year session. Mike, regarding an exchange on regarding Enneagram. On January 9th, 2021, I wrote this to Mike and Mina. I'm recording my diary, and today recorded 2003-03-26, which will go live on YouTube on March 2nd, 2021. I thought this paragraph was interesting, though, because it was written six years after Don's disappearance, and I relayed why I had threatened Don to turn and and I had relayed why I had threatened to turn Don into the IRS. The first time I had mentioned that threat was in 1997, on November the 10th, in a conversation with someone named Rick, who I didn't record a last name on and don't remember now. At that time, and at no other time that I recall, did I ever say why until this email to Howie. I had long since forgotten why until reading this today. March 26, 2003, email to Howie. I actually walked in on Don and Pam in bed one day in a trailer that was on the foreclosure list. I was with my, quote, wife, unquote, Mary at the time, and was deeply humiliated by having her witness the scene. I didn't say a word. I didn't slam the door. Later, I told him that his carelessness of places, knowing that I would be coming to look at the same property, was deeply hurtful, but I didn't ask him to stop running around because he said that he felt like she loved him and he couldn't give her up. I did a lot of crying over his infidelity over the years, but not usually in his presence, and again, there was never any yelling, threatening, or hateful words said. I didn't feel he was responsible for my happiness, and if knowing how I felt didn't cause him to want to be more careful than nothing else I could say or do would elicit a change. To his credit, I never caught him again after we married in 1991, but I tried real hard not to. The only threat I ever made to him, as I told you before, was to turn him into the IRS, and that was the only thing I thought would scare him a lot enough to not try and smuggle a cat in from Central America. I just didn't want him rotting in some third-world prison over something that stupid and didn't know how else to get through. He felt that he was above being caught, so I had to use something he knew could clip his feathers. Today, Mike and Mina, today Mike responded to me and Mina saying, Excellent. I will add this to my list of responses to allegations. As I said in the beginning, one of my goals is to level the playing field. I was not happy at all with how the internet armchair detectives were becoming internet judges, complete with a jury and media outlets, and then to claim to be journalists. 
This will be a predominant theme in my shows, where I will question the methodology of how they come to conclusions without verification of evidence, scientific methods, or even boots on the ground. This is partly why I gather as much physical evidence first, rule out the impossible, or at least lower the scale to improbable, on fringe theories, and concentrate on what makes sense using Occam's razor's principles. Only after that do I begin entertaining witness testimony. This is also why I don't engage too many people, as I don't want their opinions to cloud my mind. Sometimes it is necessary, but I am often called to testify or certify my findings, and I can't do that if I was influenced by some other investigator, researcher, witness, POI, I don't even know what that stands for, or anyone really. Everyone now and then you run it every now and then you run into someone like Mina, who is truly a breath of fresh air, and that makes things a lot simpler. In this case, it is a bit different in that the actual evidence, in many cases, is what someone said or didn't say, or did or didn't do. After 23 years, there is not much, if any, physical evidence to find. This means we are forced to rely on actual testimony, and in the case we are dealing with, failing memories, those with agendas developed by circumstances that occurred after Don's disappearance, the lack of a proper police investigation at the time of his disappearance, and a host of other issues that will make any court case a nightmare for both sides. You are not the average person. You do not respond to situations as many others do. I am the same way in many regards, so I can relate when people claim that a response is not normal. Who the hell wants to be normal? However, we find ourselves trying to adjust to society's expectations when we feel it is necessary, and sometimes it doesn't come out right. This is often misinterpreted. And many will point out these situations and equate them to being signs of guilt. You have clearly done an amazing job overcoming these, and are perhaps one of the strongest women I have ever met. Howard is a lucky man, in that he married someone as strong as you are. It does become overwhelming at times when we hold it in. If you're like me, you find a remote area and just let the emotions run. We don't call our friends to discuss these things. We hold it in. This presents a small problem. Without knowing what is wrong, and the details of it, our closest friends find it difficult to help. Of course, we, for some reason, can be there for them, but we just can't seem to open up and allow them to help us. At least I find it hard, if not damn near impossible. So we are left to fix things on our own. We have, we have done that all along, and it got us this far, right? It is so much easier to help others than it is to help ourselves. We offer some of the best advice at times, and even astound ourselves when we do. But when it comes to ourselves, it becomes incredibly difficult. Okay, where am I going with this? We all look for patterns. In my case, I am both self-taught and trained to look for, identify, and analyze specific patterns. Patterns can answer questions without ever asking the questions. Patterns can also create questions where there was no question before. That may sound confusing, but it will make sense later. Right now, as you may know, attempts are being made to call for a grand jury to see if there's enough evidence for an indictment to be brought forward against you. This information has been relayed to me via three different sources. The problems with this is that there simply is not enough evidence to support any charges filed against you. However, they may do this anyway as a means of posturing in the old shake the bushes routine. This can get tricky, but I'm confident that unless some drastic new evidence pops up, that we are not aware of, there is not much to worry about. Also, the amount of publicity in the case would most likely prevent a grand jury because of prejudice. 
This would force a preliminary hearing where prosecutors would need to present evidence supporting any charges. That would eventually fail as well because there is something drastically that would eventually fail as well unless there is something drastically new for them to present. And I'm going to leave. He gave him the person's name, but I'm not going to say it here. Blank is preparing a wrongful death suit and would be negatively impacted on a failure by the criminal court system to achieve an indictment, and even more so if there is no conviction. It is simply in his interest to get a civil trial because that is where he will gain notoriety and the potential for a cash settlement or judgment. If you were to have an indictment in a criminal case, he would use that and then would give him the green light to initiate a wrongful death suit, which he would file but would delay the case until the outcome of the criminal case. In fact, the court would most likely order a stay in the civil case. You probably know all of the above or have been advised by your attorney. I am saying all of this so that I know we are on the same page as far as how this normally goes. Some of this may seem redundant, but it is important that moving forward we remind ourselves of contingencies. The criminal case will follow the rule of beyond the shadow of a doubt rule, which is much more stringent than the civil rule of preponderance of the evidence. The standard is met if the proposition is more likely to be true than not true. In other words, the standard is satisfied if there is a greater than 50% chance that the proposition is true. Preponderance of the evidence is the standard of proof used for immunity from prosecution under Florida's Stand Your Ground law. The defense must present its evidence in a pretrial hearing, show that the statutory prerequisites have been met, and then request that the court grant a motion for declaration of immunity. The judge must then decide from the preponderance of the evidence whether to grant immunity. This is, as, this is a far lower burden than beyond a reasonable doubt, the threshold of a prosecutor must meet at any preceding criminal trial, but higher than the probable cause threshold generally required for an indictment. I bring up the latter in case there is any chance that you, or someone else, may have, may have had to defend themselves, and in doing so, something tragic happened and the aftermath comes out in court. People panic and do many things wrong, and that is a real scenario. It is not meant to be an accusation in any way. It is merely a piece of advice in case that did happen, and you discuss this with at least your attorney because there is a limited time window in which this type of defense can be introduced effectively. What I am doing is developing alternative possibilities based on factual evidence I am presented with or that I uncover. Because this will benefit your case, I will be painted in the light. They will claim I am merely defending you by clouding the evidence pool with nonsensical evidence without merit. Not sure I follow that. I strongly believe that there are very real alternative realities that are on equal footing with what I already know they will push forward. It will be much harder to present these scenarios in a criminal case as opposed to the inevitable civil case. We know the civil case will be filed and will move forward. Turns out that was wrong. The criminal case is less likely to be successful, so my focus is on both with emphasis on the latter. The past few weeks I have immersed myself into this case. I limited communication so I can honestly state that my investigation was not influenced by anything other than following evidence. My friends think I fell off the earth. I am now at the point that I feel I need to come out of the shadows and begin presenting what was found and to point out the inaccuracies of the evidence shown by the other side. I am also prepared to present some of these findings to law enforcement. Best case scenario is that a grand jury would see the complexity of this case and this would be in your favor. It is at this point that we should have another meeting. 
either by Zoom or FTF to cover this as it is too much for email and requires interaction. Some of the above may not come out right via written word, so if there are any questions or areas that could be misinterpreted, please allow me to explain. Best regards, Mike. I responded to both of them along with my Enneagram pie chart. And then the pie chart says, the graph below shows that you scored for each of the nine types on the Enneagram. In this graph, the area of each section indicates your score with the larger sections being a much better match for your personality. Your type in depth. Your primary type is eight. In this section, we will dive deeper into the eight profile to understand how it drives your core emotions, fears, and desires, as well as how it impacts you in relationships and at work. This is back to my email. Thank you for the explanation of what you are doing and what you perceive other do others are doing. I don't know what happened to Don. What I do know is that I was the only person in his world who cared about him enough to try and protect him and get him the psychiatric help he needed. I didn't know about the Enneagram back then, but you claim to look at patterns like I do, so I think you will see the Enneagram to be a pretty amazing tool for predicting a person's basic tendencies. I am an eight, the protector. It's my psychological makeup that drives all I do. I protect my family. I protect my friends. I protect the animals. I protect the underdog. From 1981 through August 18th of 1997, I was protecting Dawn. It's what I do best and how I was able to be happy in a situation that other personality types might have found intolerable. Don was never typed, but based on what I know of him, I'd guess he was a five. One element of fives is that they often have several lives going on, with a different set of friends in each. At the funeral of a five, when all those people come together, they are often shocked to learn that their mutual friend had so many different sets of friends with totally different interests who didn't even know each other in most cases. As an unhealthy five, it would also explain him feeling he could change things with his mind, his inability to care about how his actions impacted others, his hoarding, and so much more. If you've never taken the test, you can do so for free at truity.com. I found it helpful since discovering it in 2002. I've had my family and staff take the test so that when we deal with each other, it is with the underlying understanding of what motivates each other. So many people can't get along because they think everyone surely thinks like they do. And when they see evidence to the contrary, they think that person isn't behaving properly based upon their own set of underlying motivations. Mike self-identified as a one and Mina self-identified as an eight. I wrote them back saying, I had guessed you to be a five, but that just shows we can't really know what motivates a person based on what they show us. My dad was a one, and about 80% of my workforce, both staff and volunteers, are ones. That's in a group of over 100 people. I've mused this over a bit, and I think it's probably because our protocols here are so exacting, and we require such perfection in execution that the only ones who last in our program are the perfectionists. The two people I work with most here, other than Howie, which are Jamie and Gail, are eights, and again, that's probably because they are the only ones who can give it back to me as straightforward as I bring it, and we usually appreciate that in each other. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.